Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Well, I'm excited. I got a good word for you. I want to talk to you this morning about creating a culture of reverence. Creating a culture of reverence. There's been a lot of things going on uh, in, in, in this whole pandemic where all of a sudden, you know, we're tearing down monuments and we're, we're putting graffiti on stuff that graffiti shouldn't be on. And there just seems to be irreverence running rapid in the midst of pandemic, in the midst of rioting. And so one of the things that's really important for us is that we give the Holy Spirit reverence so that he can move in our lives and he can move in this place. And I, I'm real tempted to just put the mic down and just have us just stand and just lift our arms for a moment. So that reverence overtakes us and overwhelms us. And the Holy Spirit has free reign. But I just felt like he just really wanted me to get right to the point. I'm just super, uh, anyway. So if you have your Bible, and we may do that here in a moment. If you have your Bible, open up to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. I just finished a book. I am so into audiobooks. I love being able to get on my bike and ride six miles and hear three chapters in a book. You know, I love it. And so one of the books I just finished was 25 Ways to Win with People by John Maxwell. It's a great book, but in that book, he talks about um, finding ways to help people understand the value that, that they actually have. And he really comes up with a lot of creative ways. You know, it's one thing that when the Bible says, hey, love God and love people, that we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves." Well, I love this book because it gives you a lot of practical ways that you can love people. And so I recommend that book because I feel like personally, the Holy Spirit, how many of you would agree, the Holy Spirit is probably the most ignored person that I know? How many of you would agree with that? Because it just, seems like, it just seems like he gets ignored a lot. And so, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was like, you know, that's not abnormal for us because we ignore a lot of things. So I found some of these labels that have warnings posted that, that people ignore. Here's one of them. This is, a, this is a tube of cookie dough. And it says, do not consume raw cookie dough. <laughs> and yet, how many of you know, while you're making cookies, you're like, many people are eating cookie dough. You know, it could, could have some bacteria in it. Here's another one. How about Q-tips? People use Q-tips to clean their ears. Now, you may not know it because I don't look that old, but I used to sell hearing aids for a living. So I learned a lot about the ear. I had to get licensed in the state of Oklahoma to be able to sell hearing aids. So I had to learn about, a lot about the ear. And so the, I'm going to educate just for a second, okay? The ear has, there's wax in the ear, Right? And the wax acts as a lubricant. It lubricates the inside of your ear. You know, it also is a protectant. But how many of you know wax builds up and then the hairs in your ear push the wax out? That's why sometimes you find wax. I don't mean to get gross on you. Okay, I, I just say this to say that if you take a Q-tip and you stick it in your ear, you're pushing the wax back. It's trying to get out and it'll collect. And anyway, eventually it'll close off the ear canal. How about this one? How about ramen noodle soup? Remember the, remember the containers I used to put ramen in? What's it say? Hey, don't heat this up in the microwave. Why? Because it can release chemicals into your food that you don't want to eat. Okay. All right. So those are warnings. But <laughs> that we ignore. 
Because I don't know about you, but I, I, I used to eat these up all the time. I would eat ramen all the time. Heat these babies up, man. Sit down, you got a nice hot container to eat your food. I would ignore that. And that's what happens a lot of times with the Holy Spirit is he gets ignored. And so there's a proper etiquette for us. In reverencing the Holy Spirit, there's a proper etiquette. You think about the queen. If you were going to meet the queen, there's etiquette to meet the queen, right? You bow or curtsy to the queen. You call her your majesty, right? You don't extend your hand. You let her extend her hand first, right? You don't speak. You let her speak first. So if there's all of this protocol to meeting the king, how many of you think there's some etiquette to reverencing the Holy Spirit so that he can move in our lives? Don't you feel like there's some etiquette there? I believe there is. And so Jesus said, listen, it's important that I go away because otherwise the Holy Spirit can't come. Jesus was the word that was made flesh. And so he became God with us. But the Holy Spirit came and he is God in us. How many of you know there's a difference between God with us and God in us? Man, thank God, because he can, he can show us things. And so reverence lets the Holy Spirit know that you're yielded to him. You know, I used to love that song that Israel Houghton sang years ago, I'm a friend of God. I mean, I think that thing got sung, it, it got wore out. We, we sang that song so many times. And, but I think sometimes there's, there's this mentality that since I'm a friend of God, you know, I, I hang with Jesus. Jesus and I, our buddies. But yet if you read, and, and that's true, you're, you're, friend, you're a friend of God, but if there's other places in the word where you read and it says to not grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, grieve is another word. You, another translation says offend the Holy Spirit. So it's possible to grieve or to offend the Holy Spirit. So you've probably found Ephesians chapter four by now. Look at verse 30, and I'm gonna read the B part of this verse. You guys ready? It says, so never grieve the spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Never grieve the spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. This morning, I wanna give you three things that you need to cultivate or to create a culture of reverence for the Holy Spirit. You guys ready? Number one is recognition. This is the first thing that you need. Recognition. When you're recognized, you feel valued. In fact, in the book that I mentioned, 25 Ways to Win with People, one of the things that it talked about was John, how he would come into a room and he would instinctively, before they would start the meeting, begin to talk about the good things that people have done. You know, uh, talked about one guy that, that, you know, you did a great job on that phone call or man, great job closing that deal, you know, and he would encourage people. You feel valued when you're recognized for things, don't you? And what value does, what we value in our life gets the priority. I remember when I was dating Nicole and uh, we had a long distance relationship. She was in Phoenix, Arizona. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so we didn't see each other a lot. Well, I remember the one time I made a trip out there one time and I, I used to have a wallet that had my checkbook and had my credit cards, had everything in the long wallet. And so she got a hold of my wallet and she was going through my checkbook. Well, I got a little nervous because I, I don't remember what I've written checks for. But she said, oh, good, you pay your bills. Good, you're tither. 
That's awesome. You're a tither. And so, but the reason is because where your treasure is, there your heart is. And so she was looking at my treasure and I thought, you know, hope, hope everything turns out, everything turned out okay though. So, but it's an honor to be recognized, isn't it? And when we give the Holy Spirit that recognition, what you're doing is you're giving glory to him. You know, I remember Billy Joe Doherty was my pastor in Tulsa. I grew up at Victory where, where Josh is youth pastor. And, and I remember that it was my responsibility when I was hired on staff as on pastoral staff, you know, each of us would have a responsibility to leave with Pastor Billy Joe at the end of the service. Well, there was a lot of different people, you know, that would come try and talk to him. And so you were the deflector. You were the person that you, they got passed to so that Billy Joe could make it out of there, you know, because otherwise he'd be there all night. And, and I remember many people that would walk by and say, that was such a great word. That was an amazing word for me, you know, and, and they, would, they would encourage him and let him know what a great word it was. And he always did the same thing. He always said, glory to God. And I remember him talking about that and about how, about how he, he wanted to not deflect compliments, but to give the compliment to the person that deserved it. And that's the Holy Spirit, you know? Man, because how many of you know, you don't want to hear from me this morning. You want to hear from the Spirit of God, don't you? Listen to this verse out of Matthew 13, talking about valuing something. Jesus was talking about the kingdom of heaven and he was doing some comparisons. And he says in verse 45, that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. And when he found the pearl of great prize, he went and he sold everything that he had and he bought that pearl. Man, recognize the value of the Holy Spirit. Man, when we value him, man, it's amazing what he's going to be able to do in our life. The second thing that you need is you need respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Respect. Because if you value something, you'll treat it with respect. On this past Wednesday night, we were having V Group and... Uh, Hartley, one of our worship leaders, brought a word about communion. And as she was talking about communion, I, I began to realize communion is a memorial to God. Because Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. I want you to remember this. Why? Because I ate this Passover meal with you now, but I'm not going to eat it again until we're all together in heaven. And I don't know about you, I'm looking forward to that meal. It's going to be a good meal. But here's the thing. Here's some of the things that kind of been, have been happening around the globe. I brought a couple of pictures of some memorials. One memorial is, uh, this is the uh, Unknown Soldier Memorial. And so they defaced this memorial. Then there's another memorial that is the World War II Memorial. And here, you know, they come and they, and they put graffiti on that memorial. The whole purpose of a memorial, some of them also around the country are being torn down. I uh, read an article about Boston, Massachusetts. They, they tore down Christopher Columbus's statue. They threw it in the bay. And so what the city did was they all got back together and they pulled it back out of the bay. And now they're repairing it. <laughs> and they're going to put it back. Why? Because the whole purpose of a memorial is so that you'll remember. That does not define the status of our culture today, it's to remember so that we can learn from history. So there's good memorials, there's bad memorials. Think about 
There is a, now a memorial. There's two memorials where each of the towers were standing uh, in 9-11. Right here you can see. And so that was a memorial to remind us what was the mantra of that memorial. We will never forget. Why? Because when you remember things, you learn from what happened. Right? Here's the other memorial. This is uh, the plane. So the patriots, the heroes that, that stopped that plane from from reaching its destination. But that's the purpose of a monument or a memorial is so that we'll remember. Now, think about Joshua. You remember in Joshua when they were coming into the promised land, they crossed the Jordan River. They got across the Jordan River. What was the first thing that they did? Joshua said, hey, everybody gather gather stones and we're going to set up a memorial. And so they made this monument And this is what Joshua said. He said in verse 21 of Joshua chapter four, he said, when your children ask their fathers in time to come saying, what are these stones? Then you shall let the children know saying, Israel crossed over the Jordan on dry land. God is giving them the promised land. Man, it's important that we remember memorials. You know, oftentimes there, there's cemetery. I think about my dad who's buried in, in, in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma at a cemetery. And many people will go to cemeteries. And they go to that memorial, that place where their loved one is buried. Why? To pay respects, right? To pay respects. And let me tell you, if we love our country, we'll respect it. If we love the Holy Spirit, we'll respect him. Number three, the third thing needed to create a culture of reverence is response. Response. And here's the importance of this. That that word response, let let me use another word. Let's talk about the word relent for a minute because relent is a word that means to yield or to soften your heart. There's a sensitivity to the spirit of God that we need to have that helps us pull us into reverence so that the Holy Spirit, we're, we're able to hear the response. I know the Holy Spirit is talking all the time. He's, he's constantly ready to draw close to us, but it's that reverence that enables us to hear him. It's the reverence of God and that sensitivity to the spirit of God. So this is important to be able to yield to God. And there's some characteristics of yielding to God. I'm going to ask the keys to come. Uh, and I want to talk just for a moment and give you three ways to, three characteristics of having a yielded heart. The first one is this, a good attitude. Turn over to Ephesians 4 if you're not still there. I sent you there earlier, Ephesians 4. But we're going to continue reading. It talked about grieving the Holy Spirit, but then it goes on in verse 31. That was in verse 30. Verse 31 says this, to stop being bitter and angry and mad at others. Don't yell at one another or curse each other or ever be rude. So it's interesting that this verse is following the verse that said, grieve not the Holy Spirit, because it's indicating that these are some ways that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can be bitter. I, I, know, I know that we, we have done a lot of ministry in retirement centers. In fact, my mom headed up the nursing home ministry at Victory years and years and years ago. And they were in 32 different nursing homes every week, had teams going in, ministering 
to people. And I remember my mom shared a story about how she was ministering one time and my dad went over to check on a guy because he thought he had fallen asleep and his head had fallen over and, and he was in his wheelchair. And there was another woman that lived in the nursing home and she came over and tapped my dad on the shoulder and she said, um, he expired. And yeah, I realized he'd passed away there in the Bible study, you know, but what a great way to go. You know, you're listening to the word of God, but I can't tell you how many people I've, I've ministered to that have held on to bitterness in their heart. They, they've refused to forgive someone and they've held on to this bitterness, you know, and they carried it. Or maybe, maybe you're just one of, uh, one of those people that deal or in the past, or maybe you're that way now that you deal with being easily angered. And I was realizing through reading this, I was going, man, Lord, you are calling us to have a new attitude toward you. You are calling us to not walk in anger toward other people because the way we treat other people is the way we're treating you, the way we're treating your Holy Spirit. And, and so I've, you know, as I've been reading the scripture, I've been going, man, Lord, John Maxwell was right when he said, your attitude is what measures your altitude. That God wants to take us up, but we have to let go of bitterness, of anger, of being rude toward people and begin to walk in love. I don't know about you, I don't wanna greet the Holy Spirit. We need him in our life. We need his guidance, we need his direction. And I also, I enjoy being around a person that has a good attitude. I love hanging out with my wife because she never has a bad day because her attitude is always good. Sometimes I, you know, I go and I talk to people or I minister to people and they're negative. And it, it, it's exhausting because I spend all of my time trying to lift them up and pull them out of a bad attitude. And little do they know, this is grieving the Holy Spirit. And let's keep reading in verse 32 in the Passion Translation is the translation I'm reading. It says, but instead, so he gives you the answer here. Instead, be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then you graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. So we're supposed to live a life of love and forgiveness toward other people. The next one is this, joyfulness. Joyfulness, 1 Thessalonians Chapter five, I love this out of the Passion Translation. It says in verse 16, let joy be your continual feast. And then, you know, of course in the Bible app, it has the little button that you can push and it says in, in, in Aramaic, trans, that can be translated, be joyous in every season, no matter what season you're in. Some of you say, oh, I'm just tired of wearing a mask. I'm tired of being told what to do. I'm tired of all the writing, I'm tired. This is a great opportunity for us to practice joy and be happy. I know you can't see me behind this mask, but look at my eyes because they're squinting because I'm smiling real big because I'm joyful. I am so joyful. It goes on in verse 17. It says, make your life a prayer and in the midst of everything, always be thankful. Phil, what is there to be thankful for? Well, sometimes you have to look for something to be thankful for. Just like when you meet a negative person, you gotta find something that you can encourage them about, some way that you can compliment them in sincerity, right? What was that movie, the, the girl that always played the glad game? 
It was a Disney movie, Pollyanna. I was trying to think of that name. Remember Pollyanna, she would play the glad game. I mean, her life had negative situation after, and she was all around, she was around all of these negative people. They were negative all the time. And she would play what she called the glad game. She would find something about the situation that she could be happy about. I'm not happy about what's going on in the government. Well, what can you be happy about? What can you find that you can begin to focus on and find joy in? Because otherwise, you're going to become a negative person. You're going to become a person that, that is tempted to become bitter. And what's that going to do to the Holy Spirit in your life? Time to play the glad game. Good preaching, Pastor Phil. And the last one is this, teachable. We need to be teachable. This is so important. I am learning more and more. I'm, you know, I'm only 53 years old, but I've had some past, I've had some experience in my past, but you know what? Sometimes it's not that when people get older that they become a know-it-all because nobody wants to be known as a know-it-all, but you can come to a place in your life where you think that you've had enough experiences that you can't learn anything new. That's not good either because the key to everything in your life and in my life is remaining teachable. You can learn from a 14 year old. You may need to say that to myself. I can learn from a 14, because you're having them fix your phone anyway, right? Your device, come on, you can learn. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter five, uh, it says in the Passion Translation, I'm gonna read out of verse 19. It says this, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Man, that means that there is a fire. That's good news. The fire of the Holy Spirit wants to consume our lives. It wants to be able to burn brighter and brighter and brighter. Well, Phil, you don't understand. The world's getting dark. Yeah, I do, because you're supposed to be the light. You're supposed to be the light. I was trying to sleep last night and I woke up, kept seeing a green light. And I wondered what in my room is a green light doing on? And I was so tired. You know how you are when you're so tired and you just can't, you just roll over, you know? It's like, and you try to hide, close your eyes tighter, put something over your face. And I, it kept, I, every time I would wake up and I kept seeing that light and I went over and realized that it was the little light on my charging cable to my laptop. And it was light, it was illuminating the whole room. And when I unplugged it, it was no longer illuminating the whole room. Man, don't get unplugged here on me, okay? Man, we're supposed to be the light of the world. The Holy Spirit wants to burn brighter and brighter in our life. In verse 20, it says, and don't be one who scorns. That's another translation says ignores prophecies. Hmm. It says in verse 21, but be faithful to examine them and put them to the test. How do you test prophecy? With the word of God. With the word of God. Does it line up with the word of God? And afterwards, hold tightly to what is proven to be right. There's something that's going to be proven to be right in your life, in that prophecy. And that's what we cling to. It's what we can prove in the word of God. Well, Phil, you don't understand. I'm watching the news. I don't know what to believe. That's why you spend more time in the word than you do watching the news. You watch the news too much, you'll begin to believe 
this report. Psychology today tells people, if you say something frequent enough, people will begin to believe it. And that's the mode. That's, that's what a lot of people try to use to get people to begin to believe things. That's how separation of church and state became a law. It was, it was said so many times, people began, began to become convinced of it. And we're not supposed to be separate. We're supposed to be in the world, not of it, but in it. Amen. So let me give you the definition of this word reverence. Reverence means this. This is according to the 1828 Webster's Dictionary. It means to regard with fear mingled with respect and affection. God said to Saul, oh, he spoke to Samuel and he said, those who honor me, I will honor. But those who do not honor me, I will lightly esteem. And so this is what we're gonna do this morning. We're gonna take a moment and I just want us to stand together, put down your Bible, your pen, your you know, notes. And I want us to stand together for a moment. And we're gonna spend a moment here in solemn reverence. Because in order, you know, can I just be vulnerable with you for a minute? Um, my, my wife and I, you know, we have a loving home. We have a blessed home. And we have a lot of people that come to our home and I love it because I love being the hangout, watching people, you know, and, but you know, we went, so over, over the weekend on Friday, we went to Branson for the day, you know, and we wanted to go over there and see if there was anything open over there. And uh, so, and there was, there was some few things open. And so we did some shopping and, and, and I just personally, I just needed some intimate time with my wife. I just needed some personal time. Sometimes I just, I love people, but I just wanna hang out with my wife. And we were just kicking around. We weren't doing anything, you know, uh, other than just shopping and we went to lunch together. And, 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 but I needed that time. I needed to have Nicole in a moment where the phone's not being texted, nothing's ringing, you know, nobody is, pulling on me, nobody's pulling on her, but where we could just hang out together and we could talk and we could just love on each other, you know? And sometimes, you not, not sometimes, we need that with the Holy Spirit because every time I wake up in the middle of the night, because I, I wake up oftentimes in the middle of the night and I, and I go into my closet, I have this real nice walk-in closet, bathroom area, and I can just get in there and pray. That's my literal prayer closet. But every time I wake up, the Holy Spirit is always like, you want to talk? You ready? And I'm like, yes, sir. You know, yeah, I'm ready. But that is that has been going on ever since I moved to Arkansas. I don't know what it is about Arkansas, but two, three in the morning, if you if you called my phone, I would answer it. Because I'm up. I'm I'm spending time with God. And I love it because He always wants to talk. He wants to share with me what his desire is, what he cares about. And he wants me to cast my care. See, one of the reasons that I, I, I can't watch too much news 
is because I begin to carry the care. I begin to get angry. And, it's, and I know the Bible says get angry and don't sin, but you can get too angry. Okay? You know, you can watch too much to where that's all you talk about. And you begin to complain. You begin to gripe and bitterness begins to fester in you. And it can happen. I'm not saying that's where people are, but that for me personal, I know where my threshold is. And I've got to get in my prayer closet and cast the care of it. Because I, I got to turn it off. It, it makes me upset. I'll be open with you. I mean, it's hard to watch the news. And, and on top of that, not knowing who's telling you the truth. You know? But, I, but you know what happens to me when I get in the word of God, man, and I spend time with Jesus, I spend time with the Holy Spirit and I get in the word of God and I read that word and God, I thank you that this is always true. I don't have to prove your word. This is you talking. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.